Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 281 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. November begins and the rain is unrelenting. The fishing lake's apiaries are surrounded by water. It is a fishing lake after all, but the river is overflowing into the lakes, back out into the river again, and the water is starting to creep towards my apiaries. short and sweet a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span a beekeeper in fact just like me hi everyone welcome back to the podcast a fortnight ago i spoke about the rainy weather that we were having well it just hasn't stopped it's been unrelenting I've had several attempts to get out to the apiaries and do a little work in tidying them up just trimming the grass, that kind of thing, strimming nettles. But each and every time I've managed to get out, the wet weather has forced me back home again. About three or four weeks ago, I noticed that where I had placed a few hives at one of the fishing lakes apiaries, some nettles were starting to grow through. And I made a mental note to get back there and cut them down before they got too high. Well, here we are several weeks later and the nettles are fast approaching a couple of feet high and starting to make life difficult for the bees returning to their hives. I may have to get a waterproof jacket on, take some garden shears down there just to open up the entrances a little. It's an important point to remember. The position of your hive through the various seasons can have a dramatic effect on the well-being of the colony none more so than late autumn and winter. Thinking about some of the locations of our hives this summer, we actually had a few boxes sat on the ground, and although it was a wet summer, for the most part, they were okay. I suspect it's all down to the relative temperature and damp creeping into the hive. Combine that with a brood box filled to bursting with brood and bees, And I suspect there's probably not much room for damp to sneak in during those summer days. Now, if we compare that with our current situation, it's probably a good 10 to 15 degrees Celsius cooler than it was back then. And of course, our colonies have been reducing in size to the point that they now have quite a large airspace appearing around them. And that's going to become a bigger airspace as the winter arrives and colony sizes reduce still further. This then is where the cold and damp weather can really start to mess with the well-being of your colony. And a very simple step you can take to help them along is to just raise the colony a little higher off the floor. Now, most of you will already have your hives on a wide range of stands or bases, anything from pallets, as we have, to those fancy, all-seeder, eye-wateringly expensive, complete with landing board, purpose-built hive stands that are available out there. Oh, and I know there'll be some of you who paid full price for them too, but that's just fine. I know some beekeepers want the very best for their bees and can afford to have it. Some even have custom-made stands to suit their exact setup. Well, that's just perfect. But if, like me, you have a few hives sitting on a single pallet surrounded by long grass or weeds, now's the time to do something about it. 
well, actually, we should have done something about it a while back, but better late than never. Suit up, take the hives off the pallet, add another one or two pallets to give two or three pallets of height, and replace the hives. You don't even have to worry about doing it after dark or blocking up the entrances, unless, of course, you have bees that you'd wished you'd requeened in the summer because they chase you down the garden path. With your bee suit on, mainly for warmth, and a smoker lit, give the bees a little smoke, gently lift them off the pallet, add a pallet or two, replace the hives in the same place that they were before. I would go as far to say number the hive and hive position so they go in the right place and also make a note of the direction that the entrance is pointing. Once those pallets are added and the hives are back on, it takes just a few minutes, but they'll benefit from that airflow. It might also be prudent to add a strap or two at this point, given that you're messing about with your bees anyway. And that's it. It's a simple process. And what do you end up with for your troubles? Well, airflow is the key here. Not so much on these very wet days, but as soon as the weather turns and the sky's clear, which they will, a nice breeze blowing under the hive will allow air to circulate beneath and through into the hive, clearing away all that damp and keeping the colony cluster nice and dry. Don't be worried about the cold winds blowing into and around the hive. The bees can cope perfectly well with the cold weather. I find it's the damp that gives them all of the problems. Talking of damp, I've just returned from the Fishing Lakes Apiary, and what a worrying turn of events we have there. One of our local rivers runs around part of the lake's complex, and the heavy rain locally has, I guess, gradually flowed into the river system above the fishing lakes, and over the last week, the volume of water has increased and increased until it's found a spot in the low-lying ground near the lakes and burst its banks. Unfortunately, it's occurred near the starting point at which the river flows around the lakes, and as such, is now taking a shortcut into one of the main lakes, straight through the middle and out the other side. The effect is really quite dramatic, and has given me some idea of what it must be like for those poor folks who have had their villages and homes flooded. The water is quite unrelenting, really. I posted a short mobile phone video on Patreon showing the water flowing out of the lake across the grass path, and back into the river on the other side. The path is totally impassable, and so any hope of getting round to the apiary from this point is completely out of the question. The grassy track is normally quite a muddy track anyway, and very slick, so I really wouldn't want to risk taking a tumble as I struggle through the fast-moving floodwater that appears to be a couple of feet deep in some places. I have three apiary sites here at the fishing lakes, and have experienced flooding over the winter months before, so we have previously looked at where the hives are situated and kept them relatively high. At least, that was my intention. We do have a couple of pallets with a total of four hives, I think, that are on slightly lower ground positions in one of the apiaries, and although I think those colonies are okay, I am a little nervous about what's been going on this last week. 
I did manage to get round to the first apiary, which was the original apiary that I set up here when we were first given the opportunity of placing bees at the fishing lakes. This is the apiary that I'm concerned about. As I walked into the apiary, it all looked pretty good. A couple of spare roofs appeared to have been blown across the apiary in the high winds, but other than that, no sign of a pond forming. The apiary is in a small circular clearing which slopes from left to right at the entrance to the low point on the right hand side which has around four pallets with bees on. Two of these pallets are on slightly raised humps so they're fine. As I walked further into the area though, just a few steps you understand, it's not a large apiary site, anyway as I got to the lower point I realised that there was standing water in a kind of extended puddle that measured around eight metres or so in length but just a metre or so side to side. The roofs that appeared to have been blown across the apiary had in fact floated across. There were a couple of empty supers beneath the roofs and the pallet that they had originally been on had floated a few feet along and come to rest against one of the technoset hives. At first glance it suddenly became a lot more worrying. Luckily the delays I've had in getting the ivy honey off this season has actually given a potential lifeline to a couple of these colonies, as, although it appears the water may well have risen above the entrances of these two hives, both have supers on, and this will have provided a large enough space for the bees to move into should they have found themselves trapped by any flood water. Unfortunately, I hadn't taken a bee suit, smoker or hive tools with me, so I couldn't actually get into the hives to check, but a quick thump on the side of the hive did encourage a few bees to come out of the entrances to see what was going on, so there are at least some live bees inside. I shall have to head back next week to check more thoroughly on what's been happening and make any necessary changes. An important point to mention here not just about getting your hives off the ground for all the reasons I've already mentioned, but also regularly checking the entrances of your hives. These Technoset hives in particular do have some reduced entrances that are easily blocked by debris and dead bees, and it's important that you have a quick look at your hives to make sure there is adequate space for the bees to get out and back in again. This can be more of an issue once mouse guards are fitted, the traditional mouse guards that I suspect most beekeepers are familiar with are those galvanised metal strips which have had circular holes punched into them. If these are aligned with a small lip at the bottom, where it's secured against the floor, it can prevent debris and dead bees from being ejected from the hive. A build-up of debris here can quickly cause a blockage, especially if bees are trying to get out but are too weak to climb through eventually succumbing to the cold at night and adding to the blocked entrance. I found a couple of colonies like this yesterday. They do need further attention, but in the short term I found a thin twig that I could use to push into the entrance and clear any dead bees and debris out of the way, just sufficiently until I can get back to lift the brood box off the floor and clean it out properly. Ideally, I'd like to do this when it's icy cold outside, sub-zero temperatures when you know the bees are going to be in a tight cluster they barely move at all all i do is get a hive stand next to the colony i want to clean lift the hive off the floor in one go onto the hive stand 
brush out the floor and the entrance before replacing the hive back onto the floor. The whole process takes around 30 seconds and the bees come to no harm and just don't move. The floor can be checked to make sure there's no serious issue. A large pile of dead bees, for instance, would mean a more thorough check is required. Now, I don't mean inspections, splitting colonies open frame by frame. Let me give you an example. Let's say I perform my floor cleaning exercise, but there's a large mound of dead bees blocking the entrance and extending back across the floor so that the pile is almost touching the bottom of the frames, or indeed is touching the bottom of the frames within the brood box. This would definitely need a closer look. If the dead bees were simply piled at the entrance, and there weren't too many of them, and the rest of the floor was comparatively clean, I wouldn't be too concerned at all. The first colony, in the examples I've just given, would need a closer inspection. The process I would follow is, first, clean the floor, but I would clean the debris into a tray or plastic bag for further checking. Then, before replacing the hive back on the freshly cleaned floor, I simply tilt the hive backwards on the hive stand that I'd removed it and placed it on, if you get what I mean, so that I can look at the cluster of bees from below. What I would want to see is a good number of bees in the cluster still. And this will vary, of course, depending on the starting point of the hive at the beginning of the autumn, and also on the point in the winter that you're checking this particular hive. But a decent number of seams of bees, let's say four or five, with a nice dome-shaped clump of bees hanging down from the bottom of the frames would be fine. If I can see this, and the bees are starting to move around and on the cluster, I'd replace it back on its floor and not worry too much at all. Checking from beneath also gives you the chance to spot food stores too, so take advantage of any opportunity you have to eyeball all of these things that go to make up the fullest picture of what's happening to your bees at that precise moment. Again, to be very clear on this, don't carry out any of this stuff if your hive entrances are clear, bees are flying and everything appears to be fine. This is only an emergency process where there are factors that give cause for concern, such as blocked entrances and piles of dead bees on the floor once you clean out the entrance. I wouldn't even worry about a few dead bees on the floor outside the hive, again, unless it's a very large pile of bees when compared to all of the other colonies. Our honeybee colonies are very well suited to seeing out the winter without our interference. The more you play around with them through these cold, dark months, the more likely they're going to suffer badly, potentially dying out because of the beekeeper panicking that there was something wrong. The vast majority of our colonies will happily cluster through the cold weather, popping out when the warmer, sunny days of December and January allow, emerging once again in the spring to rebuild and begin another beekeeping season. So don't let my tales of floods and dead bees worry you, or at least not too much. In other news, there's been a frustratingly long delay in getting the new Carl Fritz wax separator delivered. It's been almost four weeks from the point of order now, and too many wasted days waiting for pallet delivery companies to turn up and then not appearing at all. I'm hopeful, ever hopeful it seems, yet hopeful it may well arrive tomorrow, that's Monday, fingers crossed, as I still have a heap of honey in boxes that needs to be extracted, 
and the plan was to use this new piece of equipment to facilitate this. I'm hoping to get back to recording some more videos next week too. And it'll be back to the heather honey operation that has caused me so many sleepless nights of late. And I'm still to collect the ivy honey. The way things are going, it'll be Christmas before that happens. What I really need are some of Santa's little helpers to drop in overnight and sort it all out for me. I guess I can but dream. Well, that's it for this week. Don't forget to check out my website, www.norfolk-honey.co.uk. And for my latest videos and podcasts with more updates, tips and techniques, it's the same Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that's beekeeping short and sweet. Yeah.